and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, one map-filled minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Norman Mitchell. And today we'll be talking about Minute 8, which starts with, but something happened then that the ring did not intend, and ends with the the shot of the Middle Earth map, which is yeah. kind of perfect. Yeah, it is. It is. It's very nice. Um, just after zooming out of the Shire to like give you perspective on mm-hmm. how big the Shire is, because without that, you might never think that the Shire is any bigger than Hobbiton. Right. Which, uh, which is part of the reason that Elijah Wood is so happy that the maps are back. Because <laughs> uh, a lot of these maps were either are, are not in the form that we see them in the extended in the theatrical version right. or not there at all. Um, and again, as we mentioned before, Elijah Wood seems to just love these maps more than anything else. I think he's like a low key, like, photo- like not photographer, cartographer. Yeah. Um, um, cause every time know. you see any map, he's just like, Oh, Hey, so awesome. Like he's so happy. Yeah. Um, it's great. Um, so this, like this minute opens up, uh, with like, it kind of turns into a black screen and then right. we see it, it, it kind of like bounces into the darkness which i like the symbolism of yeah riddles in the dark yeah um well no not even that but like you know it's like audi and then it just leaves and then you know bye nerd it's trying to get back to sauron and then like bilbo is just like oh shiny like (laughs) right he's he's just fumbling around in the dark you can't even see and he's just like "Oh, oh a ring what's this oh and he puts it in his pocket what have i got in my pocket I like I like that you hear Gollum uh, shouting Gollum in the background. Yelling, yeah. It's like it's lost, lost my it's precious lost. Is lost. Um I think He sounds so in pain. That's a good detail. I like how they kind of condense arguably the most important scene in The Hobbit. I don't think that's arguable really. I I say arguably uh because, you know, some people might feel differently. It's it's true. Um narratively though like Riddles in the Dark, the finding of the ring is like the most important part of the whole narrative. Yeah. Because without the ring, the rest of the story doesn't happen. Right. Um, I'm just trying to be diplomatic. No. Um, no. <laughs> we gotta take, show. We got to take tough stances. <laughs> tough stances on plot points. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I forget what I was going to say. Oh, no. I like that. It's kind of, you know, the most important scene in The Hobbit, just kind of like a, a little tidbit in here, like an Easter egg almost. Yeah. Um, And I like that they tease it because Riddles in the Dark is like my favorite part of it. Well, aside from all the elves, but. <laughs> um, Elf party dad. Heck yeah. Um, But I like that. I like that chapter a lot. And. Um, it's really, really just, it's so, I don't know. I don't know. It's so cool. Yeah. I I like all the, the Goblin Town, Misty Mountain stuff in the book. I don't know if we're getting the Hobbit. We'll probably do the Hobbit. Yeah, we might get there. We might get there. Eventually. The road goes Maybe, maybe if you don't want to talk about it, maybe I'll just talk about it. No. I feel like a civic duty to talk about the Hobbit. Maybe we won't do a minute. Maybe we'll just talk about them. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe. 
maybe just maybe that'll be our patreon thing like we'll talk about five minute chunks over the weekend or something like five or ten minutes and i'll be drunk the whole time (laughs) um but get out your gin and tonic and talk about the hobbit that's that's a little too hard we gotta work up to that um so we get our first shot of like a proper hobbit yeah we get to see uh young ian holm yeah with his face taped back under his wig yeah they um (laughs) they mention it in three of the commentaries I like that it's uh like poor Ian Holm like, having his yeah face Billy taped Boyd back. Billy Boyd in the cast commentary brings it up and they all start laughing and they're just like oh yeah I remember that but I guess to to make give him the appearance of looking younger they literally put like tape the, on the side of his face pulled all the the wrinkly skin back and then put a wig on top of it yeah. which sounds I mean, so uncomfortable no, right. Um. Like, have it's you just ever, so like, funny. just... Oh, yeah, just, like, hold your face back yeah. for a while and see how you feel. Oh, my God. <laughs> they, had, they glued things to his face I to pull like, his wrinkles out. I feel like that might be, like, really terrible for your skin, too. Because yeah. then it, like, comes back and then it's, like, wrinkly times two. Oh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and, I mean, this I is... I like a, the effect, though, because yeah. it's not... It's, like, completely, like, practical. And it's yeah. all makeup. And um, the only hint, maybe, that, like, he's still a wrinkly dude is, like, mostly around his mouth. Mm. Like, if you look really closely at the shot. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, in in The Hobbit, he's 50 to begin um, with. So he's... He's 51. 51. He turns 51 on the river. Oh, yeah. That's right. No, but in this... Because he's 11. He turns 111. And it's been 60 years. He's 50, though, in Riddles in the Dark. Right. Um. So, ha-ha. Yes. Ha-ha. Um... So, I mean, I think he looks good. Yeah, I think it's a good effect. I, uh, I, I very much prefer practical effects whenever they can be used. Yeah. Um, and this this movie is pretty much like a study in practical effects yes. to the max. Uh, what um, happened? Uh, Fifteen years happened. Yeah. <laughs> Fifteen years in being given a movie he wasn't originally working on. I I love. Um, I love Bilbo's the detail. Outfit. Yeah, Bilbo's outfit. Bilbo's the, outfit. The tiny The red waistcoat with the brass buttons, yeah. as Philippa Boyens points out. Those are actual brass buttons. I love it. I love I love the attention to detail in every single shot of this yeah. movie. Like, there's no... I mean, we'll try our best to talk about it, but just yeah, literally every so single shot, there's so much attention to detail. Like... The, um, the costume designer, everywhere there was a description of an outfit, they followed it as closely as they could. Yeah. Which is awesome. Which is insane. But that, that's why the Hobbit outfits looks all look so fantastic. Mm. Because they they all very much are like taken right out of the book. Yeah. Um, especially Bilbo. I think I, I think in the book you get a lot more description of Bilbo than you do of other people. Right. Um, because Tolkien didn't really describe people a whole lot. No. He described items of clothing they were wearing or things they were carrying in much more detail. Which is a, like an immense help for like a props department. Right. And a costume designer. That means you can cast whoever you want. <laughs> right. I mean, there there is some description. Yeah. Um, Not a whole lot. No, but... Like, you, al- you almost never even get eye color for most characters. Mm. You, most you get is just, like, they have curly hair. Right. They're, and you know... Like hairy feet. They're a little taller than most men. Yeah. Things like that. You don't, you don't get a whole lot of, like, detailed description of people, just of stuff and places. Mm. Um... Which is something another RR does a lot. Yes. Food. <laughs> food. His thing is food. Tolkien's yeah. thing is like vast 
swaths of, you know, that like huge tracts of land and like d- descriptions of items. Yes. And, and Martin is food. 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 All, Apparently, all if you take piece. all the food descriptions out of all five of those books and put them together, it's almost as long as the first book. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. Um, um, speaking a, of food. Young, but uh, also, uh, young Bilbo, apparently, this whole bit was in and out of the prologue, depending on whether or yeah. not they were going to start here or start before this. Or, like, even if they were going to start before this, mm-hmm. then maybe they wouldn't have young Ian Holm and his not quite prosthetic. <laughs> um, and uh, the map that we end on is the beginning of what was at one time the original opener of the film. Right. Um, leading into meeting hobbits. I really like that um, he kind of, I like the transition. They use, like, you know, the shot of the mountains, and then it transitions into the mountain on the map. Yeah. And then the map pulls out while you get another voiceover, which is a big no-no yeah. in storytelling. For voiceovers to change like that? Well, not Without even, giving you reference? Not even change, but, like, at this point we're going on... Eight solid minutes of narration. Of, of narration. Which Peter Jackson talks about. Yeah. And, you know, in every screenwriting class and book I've ever read, that's a big, big no no. But I think that given the scope of this, yeah. I think it works. Also, because, like, sorry, uh, because, like, you have Galadriel narrating the the past and like yeah. she doesn't really she kind of reflects like the like the history of it yeah. and then you have the transition of the map into bilbo's study and bilbo talking and he is bringing us into the present yeah um, which is really cool yeah and i like that they use the map and the way he kind of centers himself like he's you know it's the 22nd of september and the year 1400 and shire reckoning yeah um it's cool that they like normally those things like don't mean anything because they're just made up days and words but like it it works like seeing it with a map and like transitioning into it from like a history portion yeah gives it a little more weight yeah um also a little aside about this map this is the clearest you get to see anywhere because it's really shadowed out Mm -hmm. on the first map we saw this is the clearest indication you get of where Isengard actually is. Mm. If you're actually paying attention to this map, because it's a lot closer to the Misty Mountains when it zooms over to the Shire yeah. than that first map is. Interesting. So it, it's it's the only real sense you get of where Isengard is if you're paying attention. Mm. Um, and where Rohan is, because we're not going to see a map again, uh, I don't think, for quite a while. Yeah. Um. So, like, this is the last good shot you get of a map to give you the last frame of reference for where stuff's going to be. I like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's so perfect that the minute ends on a map, like not even like a portion of the map, like literally the full map. Yeah. Um, And uh, a lot of the lettering on the map is really clear. Like you can read a lot of the words um, like the Bay of Belfast and Gondor and Eriador, Mm. um, which is the region that Rohan and the Shire are both in. Right. And I like that we have this history instead of we're just thrown headfirst into a map and we have no idea what it is. Yeah. We have this history to kind of center ourselves onto this map. So you're just like, Oh, okay. So this is like, so this is where we are. This is kind of where we are. And this is like a big 
deal. This yeah. is like a big, like big place. Yeah. Um, it's like half of a continent. Yeah. Because like it zooms through the Misty Mountains, stops over Hobbiton, and then zooms out. Right. Um, um I don't know. There's a there's a whole lot else to talk about here. I mean, oh, it's, it's I forgot f- to talk about the the fish. Oh, the fish bones when he's digging for the ring. Yeah. Um, in the art commentary, I believe it's Alan Lee. Um, uh, talks about how... it's John Howe talking about Alan Lee storyboarding. Oh yeah. Um, and then Alan Lee kind of flushes it out more. Um, but he in the original Gollum scene where they he kind of loses the ring. Um, they have him kind of fishing for the, the weird cave fish, and then he takes the ring off so he doesn't lose it. Which yeah. is a little counterintuitive, but whatever. It's Gollum. Um, well, Gollum and then, kept the ring hidden under a rock. Yeah, and that's that's how Bilbo comes to find it, because Gollum goes on a fishing trip and then comes back and he can't find it. Um, but I think the 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 cut that's in yeah, this is effective. much clearer yeah um because there's not as much kind of gumming it gumming it up yeah um it, it's, and it, um, it's a prologue problem you you, you can very much put too much tell. in yeah um show don't tell but still very much tell yeah because and then i i think this the way it is in the movie is more effective because it's it shows the ring kind of acting on its own um, it's not. It's running away when right. it's bouncing down that yeah. that cave that cave system. Out, just kind of like. Yeah. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nerd. <yeah>. Bye. <laughs> oh, I found another nerd. What is this? <laughs> it's like no. Because like it says that, that something happened. The ring did not intend. Yeah. Um, which is how also did it, how did it expect to get out of the cave? Well, probably be found like a by a goblin because a goblin would have probably been like gone to Sauron with it. Oh. My first thought was like the go- the goblin would eat it, but like, <laughs> well, because like a goblin would probably go to like their leader yeah. or be found out by their leader, and then it would get taken, and it would just kind of like work its way around goblindom, I guess, to, into orcdom, and then from orcdom back to Sauron. Interesting. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, um, because a goblin will see another goblin with a magic ring and be like, "Do a golem didn't kill him and take it?" Right. And then it'll just kind of like make its way around. Um, but it went from one hobbit to another. I think um, it, yeah. which this this misdirects you on by like not referring well, to Gollum as a hobbit. Gollum isn't really a hobbit. He's like a proto hobbit. Yeah. I mean I mean okay. Yes. Because we're talking fantasy so I suppose that like some amount of evolution can happen in the span of 500 years. Yeah. But like He's like an ancient hobbit. Yes. I feel like they're He's probably like like it, like they cuz hobbits in the Shire now are very very um established yes like they don't want to leave they yes. just want to you know whatever but i feel like Gollum's like tribe or clan yeah. or whatever they i feel like either i'm just well they were boatmen yeah don't they like um like wander don't they like i don't think they were nomadic but they were boatmen and actually um here another quick little aside about Gollum. Uh, Smeagol and Deagle, mm. um, is that the region of the Shire where they were, where they're they're from, is the modern day region where the Tooks and Brandybucks are from. Yeah, because they like to. Because they're the also river. they also use the river. Yeah. But but Baggins but is and, and other hobbits, yeah. hobbits don't like water. Yeah. Um, because the the Tooks and the Brandybucks live on the Brandywine, right? Which is where the ring fell off Isildur's hand into. 
And that's where they could have really got overloaded in the prologue. Right. We're talking about Isildur drowning in the Brandywine. <laughs> we don't need to know what river it was. That's insane. Um, and of course, the Brandywine is the same river that they're on much later in this movie when they see the two giant statues of the Argonath. Oh, is that the same river? Um, the Brand Well, the Brandywine leads into the Anduin, and the Anduin oh. is that. So, like, the Brandywine leads to that still. That's cool. So the ring, when it fell off Isildur, was yeah. probably intending to be carried down the river all the way to Mordor. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's cool. I, so, I like, there's a real sense of geography same. tying together yeah. in this in these movies, if you're really paying attention to I didn't to realize it. it was the same river. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, the Brandywine is a tributary of the Anduin. Hmm. That's where the prologue can get overloaded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yep. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, it's also, it's very possible that Gollum is some relative of Merry or Pippin because his people are from the same right, part the 500 region, years down the way, region. which is a really interesting thought to have. Mm. Uh, and Frodo, of course, is related to Tooks to, and Brandybucks. Yeah. So he could perhaps be related to Gollum. What? It's all connected. It's all connected. I mean, the whole story is built on connections right. like that. That's so cool. I didn't, I feel like I. And that's something that people probably wouldn't even like necessary can necessarily connect yeah because it's never it, it's not really like brought to the it's forefront not explicit yeah because uh, i feel like i like i knew that you know brandy bucks and toast they like the, the river and i knew that Gollum was a hobbit kind of thing that liked the river yeah and i didn't realize that they were like you know Gollum is probably their like great ancestor or right something. um he's probably related to them in some way yeah yeah. Like some distant ancestor. That's crazy. Interesting. That's really cool. I like that. Every, everything in the story comes full circle. Yeah. It's, Ha-ha, a, it's ring. a ring. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. If I don't really anything. think there's much else to talk about in this minute. It really is a beautiful map, though. Yeah. Elijah Wood's right. I, why don't we have that map framed in our apartment yet? I, I don't know. I mean, I have two really cool Lord of the Rings posters no, already. No, Oh, Mr. Bragg. Um, we need, we need a, like a map. Yeah, we should have a map. Then I can look at a map and be like, so this happens here and this happens right. here and this happens here. Actually, at the front of the extended editions, one of the things is like there's the map. Is it interactive? With, it's... Uh, no, it, it's like a, a paper one that has the paths that the fellowship oh, follows yeah, and stuff yeah. traced onto it. That's cool. Um, so you can see where they are. Sweet deal. Um, so if you have any thoughts about, you know, Hobbit's conspiracy theories and, you know, how far removed is Gollum from Marion Pippin, you can... Uh, contact <laughs> at lordoftheringsminute.com. Uh, check us out. We're on duelinggenre.com. Um, Twitter at LOTR Minute. Tumblr, lotrminute.tumblr.com. We're also on Facebook. I am also on uh, The Doctor's Companion, uh, which is another podcast on dueling genre, as well as we have uh, Back to the Future Minute, which is hosted by Scott and Nick. Um, they're on hiatus. Uh, but you can check that out still because their whole they've done uh, Back to the Future one and part two uh, already, um, and we have our our like crown jewel of the dueling genre empire is Geek by Night, our audio drama that we're very proud of. Um, so if you like what you hear, uh, we're on Patreon, uh, which you can. Check out at duelinggenre.com slash support. We also have a one-time donation button, if that's more your thing. Um, and merch, which is cool. Um, and special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow with Minute Night. Yes.
Have a great Wednesday. Bye.